Hey there, friends. Welcome to another edition of the 360 Experience Podcast and my conversation with my dear friend, Dave Gallegos. I am your host, Tim Brahim. And in today's episode, uh, we're going to talk with uh, a gentleman who's been in the mortgage business since 1997. And he started as a loan originator. Um, he is now the president of Zenith Home Loans in Denver, Colorado. And I think that the benefit of uh, Dave and I having a conversation together is that we go back so far, we've seen so many markets and cycles. We've been where many of you uh, are at today and the challenges with heightened interest rates. And um, in, in our conversation today, I mean, you're going to hear from a man who has a very strong passion, and that will be very clear uh, when you listen to this conversation, a very strong passion for making sure that he does things right. His, uh, his initiative with Zenith Home Loans is not to be the biggest company, but the best company. Um, and we're going to talk about some things today that I think are very, very important for you to really circle back to. The daily disciplines of being a successful originator. And what that really means is the daily disciplines of being a successful salesperson. Because at the end of the day, that is exactly what you do. Uh, Dave and I are going to talk about how to create massive accountability and leverage for yourself. Uh, and that is so incredibly important into staying in touch with those daily disciplines and making sure that you execute on them and you don't let yourself off the hook. We're going to talk in depth about the importance of being motivated and identifying your why in your business and in your life. So it can be the fuel that drives you towards the successes that you're looking to achieve. We're going to talk about marketing and we're going to talk about the importance of being a master, especially right now in your understanding of your craft, um, where to go to learn product in a more, um, more uh, significant way and to be able to use it as a unique selling proposition to cultivate new relationships in your business. This promises to be a terrific episode uh, with a, a good friend uh, and somebody who's incredibly wise and intelligent and experienced. Before we get to our conversation with Dave, um, I just want to remind you that uh, we thrive on your subscriptions. If you are subscribing to this podcast, thank you. If you have yet to subscribe, please do so. And please forward it on to anybody else who you think would benefit. Um, our goal is, is very simply to teach as many people in the mortgage space as possible, both in their business and their life. And your subscriptions, your likes, your follows, and your comments, if you're watching this on YouTube, can be incredibly helpful for that initiative of ours. Without further ado, please enjoy my conversation with my good friend, Dave Gallegos. What's up, buddy? How are you? I'm good now that I'm talking to you, man. I'm, 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 certain to, I'm certain to be in a good mood by the time this conversation's over with. <laughs> I'm sure. I'm sure we'll both enjoy ourselves. Yes, for sure. Um, yeah, that for the for the benefit of the listeners, you just had a really nice ride from Park City to back to Denver on your motorcycle with uh, with our boy Rich Clayton. How was that yep. ride? You guys have a good time. It was. It was. Right? The ride back was a blast. Um, we ended up having better weather than we did on the way out there. And oh, then, okay. um, the, uh, the, uh, uh, we spent the night in steamboat Springs. We ended up having an amazing dinner at a restaurant. I think it was called the laundry. It was outstanding. Like it was your kind of restaurant, just the food, the service, the, um, everything it, was served. My semi kind of restaurant is snobby. Is that what you're saying? <laughs> <laughs> Bougie. How's how's bougie sound? 
<laughs> I do like my fancy food. That's for you sure. You do. It There's was, no but it was really, it was, it was, it was, you would have loved it. It was a blast and it was fun. We sat at the bar, uh, had great service. And uh, if it was fun about the ride with Rich is that, you know, he doesn't ride all the time or he hasn't ridden in 25 years. And every time he got off the bike, you know, the grin was from ear to ear. And that made it so much more fun for me. And I realized, yeah, I got to ride with people like that more often because it brings the joy of it back to me because you just, wow. you know, you do it all the time. It's not as fun, right? It's so interesting that you say that, and we're going to get into business here in just a second, but this is an interesting point that you make. You know, I, when I was single for all those years, I used to always say that like, I want to find a lady that's well-traveled and it's been all over the world and can teach me some things and as much as I can teach her and all of that. And then, yeah, I meet Liz and Liz has traveled, but she's, she's not as well-traveled as, as me. And that, man, I, I didn't ever foresee the joy that I would get to experience in seeing these places that I've been to, like Italy, et cetera, through her eyes, you know, and right. that's kind of what you're saying about Rich exactly. is that, you know, just like that ride is a ride you've done many times, but to just see the joy in somebody else's eyes and be able to live through theirs, that's a really beautiful experience. Yeah, it was, it was a hoot. I mean, we had a really good time on the way back. We, uh, the next day we left. And we took a different route down to Silverthorne, Colorado, which is kind of some, the base of Summit County and where all the ski areas are. We went up over Loveland Pass, which is, you know, breathtaking. And he's been over, he's, you know, he's a pretty accomplished snowboarder or skier. And so he's been to all these places, but not in 20 years. And um, we just had a great time. It was just, it was, it was a joy. We had great, great lunch in, in Idaho Springs. And then, yeah, he had a really good, it was fun. We had a great time. Very cool. I'm glad you guys did that together and bonded in that way. So let's dive in. Um, let's get to business. It's old school time again, isn't it? I mean, uh, yeah, and a little chuckle from you. I knew I'd get that out of you. I mean, right. um, I mean, we're back to, to the days of, of, uh, blocking and tackling. Um, and you lead, uh, a lot of loan originators that work for your company, roughly 15 to 20. And, and I know the focus and intentionality that you put behind making sure that you're bringing value to them. Um, I want to talk about, you know, like what are the daily disciplines for success right now for an originator? Um, and, and we'll get into marketing and stuff like that. I'd like to, you know, I'd like to talk a little bit about what you think loan originators need to be doing right now to market themselves as well. But right. let's start with daily disciplines. What are the things you need to be doing to be successful right now? You know, and that's a great segue because I wanted to show you. So you did that presentation for us in Park City and you talked about time management, time. You didn't say, it wasn't time management, but it was how we manage time and how we use the time that we have. And um, I started, I've been doing this for a long time where I'll print out my daily calendar and outlook. And this section over here, because I don't use the task manager in Outlook, I just print out the calendar so I don't look at Outlook all day. So I'm really, really well disciplined when it comes to managing my email. I'm trying to get to inbox zero as much as possible. I don't, I don't go into the mailbox. I because I have a folder. Somebody checks my inbox and I go to a folder to review, you know, what I need to see. But I've started making this list ever since we talked about this of before I leave, what do I want to accomplish the next day? Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. That is just, you know, time management 101. I mean, it's not even, it, 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 it's, it's interesting that something so basic that we've heard a million times, I think you quoted Brian Tracy saying, when you're at work, work, that's it, dude. It's just 
buckle down and focus and and stay dialed in to where you know that you're going to, because we're always, if you're an originator and you're busy, even if you're not busy, you're always trying to like make something happen. So you're always, you're always going, but if you don't have some way to know that you had a good day and that you, because what I've done is I've started looking down at this list during the day and I was like, oh yeah, I got to do that. Mm-hmm. And I got to do that. And it's an amazing feeling to get to the end of the day. I've, I've seen. So, so the daily discipline starts with, <clears throat> are you intentional about what it is you're trying to accomplish on a, on an everyday? So I, I shared the presentation that you made. So why, I mean, I, that was a great presentation. Thank you. And for the listener, if you haven't heard it and you're going to share it, I don't know. It, it's fantastic. And the ideas behind it were so you know, time honored. I don't know what the right term for it is, but it's, it's so true that um, you can leave work every day knowing you had a good day because you accomplished everything you set out to accomplish. And, and there's a lot of satisfaction and especially in the environment that we're in where, you know, everybody could use more leads. Everybody could use more opportunities, more business. And to know it's a great feeling is, is what I've gotten out of it. And so it starts there. I think time, management time blocking i think it's a lost art that people can really that's always the the you know the beauty of this business is our times our own and the curse of the business is our times our own Mm -hmm. yeah you're paid by the hour um most people don't look at it like that but you are definitely paid by the hour what makes it different than a salary employed position in a traditional job structure is that you choose what you do with your hour and that dictates what you get paid. Well, you it's, and I both worked in the grocery business, right? Yeah, yeah. At nine o'clock, you had to sign in and you had to be ready to take your cash store over to the check to the cash register, or you had to start stocking groceries, right? Like from nine to 11, we're stocking groceries. That's what we're doing. And then you get a break for 15 minutes. Like we don't do that in mortgage, but if you did, you'd get a lot more done. Yeah, you'd probably be a lot more successful. I was just, as you were saying that, you're, you're right. Like it's like, what the, the challenge I think is that we're left to our own devices and, and, and our dis- distractions and seductions and, and our own requirements of discipline. I mean, that's the thing about this job is that when you look at like the guys that we know that are still crushing it, like, you know, Caleb Legrand, I mean, poor guy, I feel so sorry for him. He told me the other day, he thinks he's going to fund less than 25 loans this month. And he was a little bit worried about it. You know, I mean, like the guy's just a machine or Sam Rosenblatt. I mean, the common denominators of, of those originators, Holly Walter, who does good, good production consistently is that they're self-disciplined, right? They, they know what makes them money and they do those things a lot. So let's talk about those things real quick. What are the things that make a loan originator money in today's market? Loan officer with most friends wins. I mean, I hate using an old term of yours, but I don't hate it. I love that term because it's true. And so how many conversations are you having a day? Yeah. I, I pulled up the data that there's about 5,000 loans a month closing. There, in the last four or five months in, in the Denver market, and you could you know do all of Colorado, but the, the big, the meat of the market is the Metro Denver area. And um, for over four or 5,000 transactions are closing monthly. Dude, that's a lot of deals. <laughs> that's a lot of deals. And if you're not doing what you want to do, it's just because you're not talking to enough of those people. And and so it isn't like nothing's happening. It's not as, you know, obviously it's not as abundant as, as it's been. So it just comes down to that, like how many conversations. And then I, I know we can sit here and like going, well, what am I supposed to say? And who am I supposed to call? It's like, well, 
everybody you have to i have to meet everybody where they are i have a brand i have a relatively newer originator who doesn't have a big sphere of influence in this market okay dude you're going to be an open house maven so we're going to looking forward to the call later this week on open houses um or next week uh uh, you're going to have to go out and meet as many real estate agents as you possibly can. And you're going to use, that's how we're going to do this because mm -hmm. it's just making, you know, it's a full contact business and, and getting out and, and belly to belly with people and getting an opportunity. It's, it's relationships. I mean, it's, it still comes down to, are you in a relationship with somebody or are you not in a relationship with somebody? And, and then it's forever follow-up. Once you're in that relationship, it's forever follow-up and, and looking for ways to add value. Uh, for those client, for those loan officers that are out there right now with, I mean, everybody's, you know, if you've been in this business for five years, you got to, you should have a big list of past clients. When was the last time you called sure. one of them? You don't think you have anything to say because rates are so high. You're wrong. They need to hear from you. You need to find out what's going on with them and you need to be checking in. So it's just, the, it, it's common sense, Tim. It really isn't. When I say it's common sense, I guess uncommon, um, uh, common sense is uncommon. It's, Maybe a lot of it is not knowing what to say. And that's where you've got to get some direction as to well, what kinds of things can I be saying to those people? But it is maintaining a good, close relationship with every one of those customers. I love the way you used to set up all your clients when you were locking them in for the next refinance opportunity that was coming your way. Because every loan we're doing right now, we ought to be planning on refinancing a couple, three or four times in the for next several sure. years, right? For so sure. when I say through, that's assuming I'm acting like rates are going to get back down below five again but you're going to refinance these loans at least once. Right. And so do you want that transaction? I think you do. And so, um, and everybody that you've done a loan for in the last two years is going to want to hear from you. So, so you've got to maintain that level of consistency with your communication. Yeah. I, I want to comment on a couple of things that you just said, and then I want to tiptoe into another area uh, briefly that, that came up on a, on a zoom call today with group 11 of L360 on the subject matter of adjustable rate mortgages, but let's let's uh, let's talk a little bit about something here for the listener. I mean, it's let's even simplify this further. Your job is to talk to people who need to borrow money and people who can refer you to people that need to borrow money. And if you're not doing I'll that, if you're not doing that, you're doing the wrong things right now. So let's let's look at that a little bit more. Tease that out a little bit more. So you're you're your example of open houses is such a great example. What's, what is at open houses? People who are looking to borrow money and people who actually can refer you to other people that might need to borrow money. So that's an excellent place to put yourself. But what are some other places that originators right now, uh, I mean, you talked about calling your past client database. What else? What, what, what are, let's ping pong it back and forth. I'll tell you, you, you throw one out, then I'll throw one out. So people can really get a feel for that. There are a lot of opportunities out there. One of the things that we've got guys doing is they're hitting up the banks. So we're going to the smaller regional credit union type banks that, cause a lot of these, you know, there's everybody complains about all oh, credit unions. Yeah. But they don't all do what we do. Right. Mm -hmm. So, Hey, what do you sell that I don't sell? What do I sell that you don't sell? Yep. And I would love to have a reciprocating relationship where I had a, I had an outlet for something because there's things I don't do that they do. Um, we don't, we're not, we don't do land loans. We don't have a land loan outlet. I'm sure there's a bank on the outskirts of town that does land loans because there's something, you know, they finance land. So it's looking for other it's, and it isn't just one thing. It's, it's what it's, it's a, go, go ahead. So my first one is banks and credit unions that are not Chase Wells. And, you know, big, there's a couple of banks here in town that are pretty big banks that don't do FHA VA. 
Yeah, I had two really great banking relationships back in the day when I was an originator, and I used to get a lot of construction to perm loans from them because they didn't do them and they did the land loans. So I was their guy that, you know, I'd do three or four of those a year and they were all big loans and you'd make right. good money on construction or perm. Okay, so I'm just going to throw out old school and, and this just comes from me having had a conversation yesterday with Michael Regan and he's doing this religiously. It's just going to real estate offices and going on, going on caravan, you know, like we're back to old school now, like going out, previewing properties, getting to know agents, taking them to lunch afterwards. This is a contact sport right now. And you need to be it's doing a, that. It's a full contact business. One of our guys just did, he actually, this is funny. You're going to love this. He, cause I shared the, I shared a couple of the uh, recordings from park city and, and this guy took that stuff and he's like, oh, I can turn this into a, a presentation. So he did a, he did a 2024, let's get ready for 2024, you know, uh, realtor, uh, lunch and learn, had a room full of real estate agents in our conference room. And they went through, they did a goal setting. They did a, they did a dream big. They did a whole, they went through this whole process of, uh, they did your communication thing. It's making sure that you're taking time. What is it that's important to you? They did all that. It's it's the op. There's a million things. <laughs> there's a million things. That's what makes it. Maybe that's what makes it a little more challenging. And now we're back to what you and I said earlier. In this business, your time is your own. But if you were, if you, if if I, if if you were being, if if you had to show up at nine o'clock and run that meeting because your job was to fill that room, and if you didn't fill it, we're just going to let you go. That's not how this business operates, right? So, yeah, yeah. but but if, but if it did, you'd fill the room, yes. right? Because that's just that's so. Um, uh, that's I, an I, interesting thing. Let's let's talk about that for a second. That's really interesting. So, like, if you were required, if 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 I hired you as an employee and I said I want you to call, you know, ten people in this list of of past clients every day and just have a conversation with them, say hello, connect with them, see how they're doing, et cetera. And I want you to go out on three realtor appointments for lunch. Your job is to get three people to say yes, and I'm going to pay you a salary to do it. You'd figure out a way to do it. So why Absolutely. is it so why is it that when we're not getting paid a salary to do it, we don't figure out a way to do it and we quit and abort? It's a great question. So this segues into what I, this came up in Park City with Rich and I, and um, I'll give you a little backstory on it because we do this all the time. We all know like we're the beneficiaries of us going out and doing this work that you just described, right? Like, I mean, one loan pays five grand, two loans pays 10, three loans pays like, like it's just exponential. There's no ceiling on your income in this business, which is what I love about it. And, and so a few months back, I had made a, uh, uh, I, I have an accountability partner that I check in with every Saturday. And um, I met him 10 years ago. We're still buddies, lives on the East Coast. He's a real estate developer. And we just check in with each other, keeping each other accountable to doing things like working out and everything. We're both very health conscious business stuff. And he said, I was like, I'm going to start limiting the amount of alcohol I drink because he's a wine drinker. And he's like, yeah, I don't want to have more than 12 glasses of wine a week. And I said, oh, you know what? That's a really good idea. I should I should do that. I'm going to do that. And so I, 12 is still a solid number, by the way. That's like close to two, a, two a day. So yeah. So, but you know, way to show, way to show how, restraint. How, 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 <laughs> how, 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 how easy is it to have 12? Start counting. You'll be surprised anyway, because <laughs> I've drank with you. So um, <laughs> the, um, 
So I said, oh, yeah, that's a good idea. I'm going to do that. So then I, I think that first week I did. I went three. I didn't have a drink Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday. And so like I timed it. I was like, yeah. I had, and then like, I don't know, two weeks went by and I just kind of forgot about it. I blew it off. Now, I know limiting the amount of alcohol I take in on a weekly basis is a good idea. I know that. It's good for me to not drink. I sleep better. There's a whole bunch of reasons why. And Rich and I were talking about all kinds of things related to accountability. I mean, it was part of the Park City experience, different things that we were talking about. And I go, why do you think we do that? Why do we say we're going to do something and then we just don't? Or we just, we make a commitment, but not really. And then we don't do it. And we just go, I'm really disciplined in a lot of areas. Like I get up and work out religiously, but, but why do we do that, Tim? Why do we say we're going to do something and then we don't? Because in business, it's really expensive to say you're going to do something like what we're talking about. I'm going to call this many realtors. It's a really expensive thing to not do that, right? It costs you a lot. I and, think at the, go ahead, good. Ahead. Well, so, so what I came up with is like, we're lacking something in the motivation to get this done. There's something lacking. We don't have a strong enough why is what it comes down to is what I have figured out for me. This is what I have figured out for me is like, I need to come up with something that I'm going to not do this because this really pisses me off that I said I was going to do that. And then I didn't, I don't want to be somebody who says he's going to do something and then not follow through. So what I came up with was I'm going to write a check. I wrote five checks out for a thousand dollars and I mailed them to my buddy back East. And I said, I'm going to, if I, the checks are made out to a political party, I don't support. And I said, if I, and I'm not going to lie because what would be the point? If I drink more than 12 drinks in a week, you have to mail that. You have to mail one of those checks in. So I made out five checks to this political party I don't support. And and I it's been like it's like magic. It's like I am not letting one of those checks get cashed. It just will not happen. And so I think what I've what I've my conclusion I've come to, and I've been writing about it in my blog post, is you've got to, that's the thing. You've got to figure out a way to tap into something that no matter what, you won't let yourself down or you won't let somebody else down and you will follow through with something that you know you should absolutely do. Um, and I use the example and like, you know, you can make a promise to your kids that if I contact 50 realtors, if I make 50 outbound phone calls and I have 50 conversations a week for the next six months, we're all going to Disneyland or I'm going to take you to Hawaii or whatever the thing is, you will, your kids will be like, did you make your calls, dad? Are we going to go? Are we like, you won't let your kids down. So I think it's like, how do you find that's the, I think that's the secret. That's what I think this is. Yeah. 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 So I'm, I'm glad that I asked the question. I read the blog post. So I'm, I'm, I'm glad that you already went there because I was going to ask you about it. Um, I think at the end of the day, we're like highly evolved dogs, all of us. It's like, you know, we are, that's funny. We are, we are just, we are just fear and reward based. Right. So it's like, you got to tap into one of the two. So in scenario number two about the kids in Disneyland, it's like, you're using fear as leverage to ensure that you create accountability for yourself because the fear would be that your kids are going to be really disappointed in you and you're going to feel really shitty about that. And then on the other end of the spectrum, you know, well, actually the other end of the spectrum is fear-based too. I mean, I, I, you know, in terms of not sending the checks to the political party that you don't support, fear is strong, man. Fear, I think fear is a stronger motivator than reward at the end of the day. Well, so, I think it's different for everybody. I think I, I, cause I, I, it works for me. Well, look, I mean, the, the guy, the guy or gal who is responsible for doing that as their job, they're going to do it. Why are they going to do it? Because they're afraid they'll get fired. They don't want to get fired. Right. Yeah. They don't want to have a job. Right. 
So how do we create, how do we create leverage for ourselves? is the key thing. So I'm like, I love your example in today's market. Like if you need to be calling five past clients in your database or doing five lunches a week with referral partners or calling on five builders a week or whatever it is, how can you create some accountability structure for yourself knowing that you will not blow it off? Well, Tim, think about it because there, something always comes up that makes you not want to do it. There's those days that I wake up that I'm like, I don't want to work out. I just don't. But I don't, but I still work out. I don't know why. It's just now it's automatic. And I'm just like, yeah, I'm just going to go. And maybe I won't kill myself on the workout, but I'm not not moving. And so, but but that I that one's easy for me. Other stuff like the drinking or the um or or the same thing for me when it comes to recruiting or spending, making sure that I'm getting all my coaching sessions in with my loan officers. Look, at the end of the day, the loan officers, I my loan officers all have a dream. My job as their leader is to help them figure out what that dream is and then and then do my part to help them figure out a way to hold them accountable because without accountability, if they don't reach their dreams, we're both going to be disappointed. And I don't want them to be disappointed. I don't want to do I don't want to be the reason the dream didn't come true. So my job is to figure out a way to give you, because I can't motivate you by telling you I'm going to fire you because in the mortgage business, I'm not going to fire a decent human being who's doing decent production. I'm not going to do that. But, um, and the threat of it is like not a big threat because you're just like, okay, well, I'll just go work for those guys and <laughs> take me. And yeah. so, yeah. so, so it's like, yeah, okay. But I don't want that to be the reason that you stay. I want the reason that you say is because I helped you figure out a way to reach that, reach that dream. And I want to participate in it because that's the joy of this business for me is to help you participate in that dream because that's my dream. Thank you so much for listening to this episode of the 360 Experience and my conversation with Dave Gallegos. The remainder of this conversation can be found in The Loan Atlas. Simply go to www.theloanatlas.com and you will learn a lot more from this dialogue with Dave and I, including some of the things that he has done to really keep himself motivated and how he has really gotten clear on what his why is in his business, which is the fuel behind everything that he does. Take care, everyone, and thanks again for tuning in.